Welcome back, everybody. Today, we have a new lens announced from Sony, the Sony 135mm f1.8 G Master. Last week, Sony invited me to Brooklyn to get a hands-on with this new lens and do some shooting, and we spent the day at Greenpoint Terminal Warehouse, which was transformed into about four different sets for testing lens in a variety of situations. It had also started to snow as well, so the alley ended up being a great fifth location. So to start out, I want to say a few things about this lens. Now, 135mm is a pretty specific focal length. It's kind of a long portrait lens, or you think of it as a short telephoto. I am a huge fan of the 85mm f1.4 G Master lens, which came out in 2016, and that's the lens I'm most familiar with. So I wasn't really sure what I was going to take to the 135mm, but I have to say, after about 10 minutes, I absolutely fell in love with this lens. First off, it is fast. This lens is built using the same XD linear motors that we've seen in the 400mm f2.8 and the 24mm f1.4 G Master lenses. There are no rotational motors in the autofocus system, which means you've got faster response, lower vibration, as well as near silent operation. Its focusing speeds are up to Sony's standard for video performance. And even if you don't shoot video with this lens, it's pretty much ensuring that every shot is going to be in focus. I shot all of the stills that you're seeing in this video on a Sony A9, and almost every image that I shot on this session was usable. It's extremely impressive. Now, if you do shoot video, you're going to love this lens as well because it features a declickable aperture as well as a focusing distance limiter switch so you can customize this lens to the situation that you're shooting in. This lens is also designed with minimal focus breathing so if you're doing tracking shots the framing stays just about spot on. Optically the 135mm G Master is outstanding. It features 13 elements in 10 groups. There are three specialized optical elements. One extremely spherical, Sony refers to these as XA elements. One ED and one Super ED elements to control various aberrations in the lens. The design is unique as well. It features an internal focusing mechanism that uses two element groups. These two groups can actually operate independently from one another, which allows two things to happen. One, the autofocus acquisition time is extremely fast, and two, this lens has a closer minimum focus distance than the other 135mm lenses from competing manufacturers. So just like the 24mm f1.4 that I reviewed earlier this year, this lens has an impressive versatility to it, especially considering it's a prime lens. Now, as you can see in the images, the optical performance is exceptional. It's got an incredibly clean and beautiful bokeh rendering, and because of the manufacturing process of Sony's XA elements, the autofocus areas are pristine with absolutely no onion skinning. Vignetting is impressively minimal. You can see it with the aperture set wide open. It's actually quite pleasing and usable if you want that look, and it cleans up by about f2.0 as contrast and sharpness quickly increase as well. This lens was clearly designed to work at large apertures and you get really nice performance without having to stop down too far. I was also impressed with the smaller apertures as there's really not a lot of spherical aberration even at f16 where you'd expect this to start creeping in. It's pretty much usable throughout the entire range. The size, weight, and ergonomics of this lens were more impressive than what I expected. Honestly, I thought this lens would be much larger, and it's not. It's about 5 inches long, which is about half an inch shorter than the Sigma 135. The weight is pretty good, considering the optics and the autofocus technology that is built into this lens. It's a lot of parts and a lot of glass, but it's very manageable. All the switches are easy to get to, and there are two custom buttons that can be mapped to whatever you want them to do inside the menu system. One of the things that I find fascinating with what Sony are doing with lenses 
lenses at the moment is a couple years ago we started to see them release lenses under this G Master sub-brand of Sony. And the G Master lenses don't have an official definition, but basically they're super high resolving lenses. In fact, from what I understand, they're designed to resolve up to 100 megapixels. And so Sony in some ways really redefined zoom lenses with the G Master lineup because now you have this lens that has an enormous versatility across an entire range, which leads us now to what they've been doing over the last year or so with updating what they've got in the prime lens lineup. Sony obviously have a large selection of prime lenses available, but the lenses that they've been producing in the last year have raised the bar to a new standard. And this started with the 400 millimeter f2.8 lens. Now that lens is very specific. It's a long focal length. It's going to be a lens that is really going to be only used by people who shoot sports or possibly wildlife. And plus it has a price tag of over $10,000. So that is going to severely limit its audience of people who would potentially buy that lens. Now, the next lens they released was the 24mm f1.4. That lens is affordable, and in addition to that, after I tested that lens, I, over the last couple months, I can tell you that is probably one of my favorite lenses ever developed for any system. And what struck me as interesting about that lens is how versatile it is, specifically for a prime lens. Now, it's a 24mm focal length, which is fairly wide. It has an extremely close minimum focusing distance, so you can do kind of this pseudo macro thing where you can get extremely close to things. It's got razor thin depth of field, beautiful bokeh rendering. So if you want a really beautiful 3D image quality, you can get it from that lens. It also stops down really nicely and tightens up. So if you want to shoot landscapes or architecture, something where you need a lot of depth of field, everything to be tack sharp and in focus, that lens provides that. And I thought that was really interesting to see. Now, the other interesting note on these is how fast the autofocus performance works. I think that has become something that is a strong point for Sony, particularly with these last three lenses, which when you think about it makes sense because Sony is facing an issue of how are you going to differentiate what it is that you're putting out. Now, in terms of designing beautiful lenses and this top tier of optical quality, well, there are lots of solutions available in the modern age. There are many manufacturers of systems and there's been a lot of lenses over the years that you have access to now. And so just having lenses that are, have beautiful optical designs is not enough. And what Sony has done is decided to combat that with speed of autofocus. And so this will be beneficial in one of two areas, depending on what type of photographer you are. The most obvious would be high-speed continuous shooting. And if you're shooting sports, this is something that we have the opportunity now with mirrorless to exceed what we can do with a DSLR. I don't do a lot of that shooting personally, but for me, the clear advantage of this is that the autofocus is actually able to adjust itself, depending on the camera model, up to 60 times a second. This basically means I'm always in focus. And I also shoot video. I'm using my a7 III right now, and I've got to use the autofocus with face detection, and it follows me if I move. It's pretty amazing what it can do, and it doesn't stutter and jitter and breathe back and forth. It just works. Now, I mentioned the 85 millimeter 1.4, which is a fabulous portrait lens. I think that's one of the stronger lenses Sony has made in the optical sense. In the mechanical sense, it's not. It's a large lens. There's a lot of glass to move in there, and I don't particularly like the autofocus system that is in that lens. It does work, but it's a little bit clunky and tends to move on you, and sometimes it can't find focus if you're asking it to move an extreme distance. Anyway, 
I kind of didn't know what to expect with the 135 going into this. And after about 10 minutes, like I said, I mean, this is a serious lens. And in fact, many ways, it's related to the 24 millimeter, which was the last lens that was released. And the one that I mentioned is one of my favorite lenses ever. This is kind of like the long telephoto brother to that lens. It is just fantastic. And so if you're into shooting portraits, you are absolutely owe it to yourself to look at the 135. It is amazing. Now, I have a separate video that I'm going to release later today. And as soon as it's up, I will link it up here somewhere. But go check that out because that is just my video footage and my stills. And I had such a blast shooting with this lens that I've never really done that before, but I really wanted to contain all those in just its own short little video without me talking and interrupting it and just let the lens speak for itself. So go check that out. If you have any comments, I would love to hear from you guys. 135 millimeters is kind of long for a portrait lens. And so I would like to know, is this something that you guys think you might be using? Let me know below. I'll see you guys in the next video. Until then, later. <laughs>